Hello everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the Coaching Conversation. In this series, we're aiming to help business owners, business leaders and fellow coaches by sharing our experience and the experience of our guests who've coached people all around the world in all of different sectors and industries that you can imagine. So very little more to say other than do please now sit back, relax and enjoy this edition and look out for a special offer for our loyal audience at the end of the programme. Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of the Coaching Conversation. Our topic this week is going to be what's holding you back and I'm really pleased to say I'm joined by Sean Lennigan. Sean's an interesting person. She mixes a lot of roles. She really is. She mixes a lot of roles, one of which is coaching. She describes herself as obsessed with business success and a square peg and an entrepreneur. Well, I can't answer any of any of that. I can't explain any of that. So, Sean, over to you. What's a square peg, an entrepreneur, and being obsessed with business success for you? Thank you, Graham. Thank you for the introduction. I guess the best way that I can explain it is just to give you a very brief, I promise, very brief history lesson. So I've been in business for myself for over 15 years, Um, although I can say that I made my first million before I was 14, but that is another story, maybe for later. But I did start young. I had a very entrepreneurial dad, and he inspired me a lot. He used to say to me that, small businesses were the foot soldiers of the economy. And I started to notice that where business owners did well, families did well, and communities did well. And I also saw the ups and downs of business. So I started to get obsessed with why some businesses are super successful and why some struggle. And that kind of led me on a journey of studying a business degree, doing the Goldman Sachs program. I got coached by great people like Tony Robbins and Keith Cunningham and many others. I'm embarrassed to say how much I've probably invested in myself over the decades. Um, but I I love business. I love seeing what somebody wants to achieve and being very, you know, pivotal in helping them to quickly join up the dots on how to get there. So I'm just obsessed with business. And um, yeah, it's what I love. And what's a square peg then? Well, I think that sometimes we start businesses because sometimes it's for a drive for freedom, but sometimes we start a business because we can't fit into the corporate round hole or we can't fit into the business where we've been working or you're not allowed the freedom to do things in a different way. So often we go off and we start our own businesses because that's what we're trying we're trying to do something in a different way or do something new or do something that gives us freedom so um, that's where that little analogy comes from and so how did you find yourself becoming a coach how did that unfold and what do you do now as a coach yeah so I had an agency business and also started and exited a tech business and after Selling my business, I thought, well, what am I going to do? (laughs) So I moved to Portugal, um, but a lot of my clients were still contacting me for the consulting work that I used to do. And so one thing led to another. And 
I kind of now coach business owners through things because I want to do a little bit less of the done for you stuff. Um, so it kind of happened organically and I love it because I'm living this, I don't want to say semi-retired, but I'm living this life of, of freedom and, and flow at the moment. Um, but I still get to be involved in businesses because that's my, what yeah, I have. It's an interesting thing. People looking inward from outside might think you're quote unquote semi-retired you probably work as hard as anybody does it's just you're not doing any one single thing you're doing a many a myriad of things and that's certainly a lot of coaches I speak to do exactly that even if it's just different types of coaching that they they don't appear to be on a treadmill but they're still working pretty jolly hard yeah gone from 80 hours a week to 30 yeah, 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 gone from madness to normality. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Um, Sean, the subject today was what's holding you back. So, with your coaching clients, what what do you find that does hold them back? Mm, that is a really good question. I think that I think there's two things. I'm going to answer this in two parts because that you've you put me on a, on a good question there. You know, the I, I work with. I work with so many different clients. I have a multi-eight-figure business where I work with them on business plan activation, but I also work with agencies, a tech business, and quite a few coaching businesses. And something that gives all of them heartburn, Graham, is being able to create a roadmap for the business. And what I mean by that is by the nature of being square pegs and being entrepreneurs, they're amazing at seeing things at 30,000 feet. They're amazing at seeing the vision and seeing where we're going. But what's quite difficult and challenging is actually taking that 30,000 foot view and coming down to 20,000, 10,000, 5,000 and getting them and their teams into action and seeing what needs to happen over the next 30, 60 and, and 90 days. And so one of the biggest things that that's holding businesses back is having that roadmap and then also tracking the numbers. So there's the, the business side of it, but then there's the, the kind of personal side of it, because although I'm very much a business coach, I often have to get into, you know, the, the personal side of things. And we all have invisible elastic bands that hold us back. Um, sometimes we don't even know that we're there, but we're trying to sprint and we don't realize there's this, thing holding us back and one thing that I think the gurus and the industry kind of put out there is this pressure to have your big why your big compelling why that's going to pull you into the future and you know when you don't have a big why because you know let's be honest like some of us are just really passionate about not starving to death um, you don't always have a big why. And so when you don't have that, you maybe feel like you're not worthy or you feel like, you know, there's this external pressure to be a seven-figure business owner or to achieve that mega deal. And actually what's holding us back is having clarity on what you want for your life first. Um, I think that got a bit philosophical, but... <laughs> But I think it just comes down to you first and knowing what you want. Yeah, I think that's an interesting spin on a lot of things that I see with people that I coach. I coach 
like you, a variety of people in large organisations and small organisations, and I I, I coach groups as well. But what you do see in terms of holding back in line with what you've just said is that there's a great big vision, but how do I make it real? What what do I do that brings everybody with me? And and that can be a challenge as a coach because you're not there to give them the answer. You're there to help them find that answer. So that that's something I do definitely see. Another thing that I see, and you talked about invisible elastic bands, and I absolutely relate to that. I can I can see people who are definitely definitely de- holding themselves back, whether it's imposter syndrome, lack of confidence, whether it's a, a fear of failure, call it what you will, but they they self sabotage effectively in a, in a way that belies their overall independence, their ability to, to create a business of their own. Mm-hmm. And a bit like you, I, I understand passionately about why people don't necessarily need or feel the, the desire to be the next billionaire and the next biggest tycoon. They just want to get through next month end. They just want to pay the mortgage, just want to feed the kids. And, and that's a reality for a lot of self-employed people. Yeah. And, if you're their coach, you have to share that reality. You can't pretend that it's anything other than the, the reality of what it is. So coming back to your kinds of clients and the, the, the mix of clients, what, what sort of problems are they looking for you to help them with? What kind of challenges do they do you typically or routinely find amongst different coaching clients? Yeah, I think um, often what they come to you with and what the real problem is often two different things Uh, you know a lot of the time people come to me because they want to get more clients they want to make more money they want more freedom but they're the bottleneck in the business Um, or you know they want to exit the business but they they don't really know what to do next so there's quite a, a mix of things but I always bring it back to what do you want and um you know very so on on my own journey, I I just remember that I woke up one day with this big business with 21 or 22 staff and offices in the city. And I realized, oh crap, this is actually not what I wanted. I wanted freedom. Um, so that's where I always start with clients because sometimes when they say they need more clients, actually they don't, they just need to raise their prices. Or sometimes if they say they want to, you know, reach x revenue actually they don't because they don't want to work that many hours um so it always comes back to dreaming of that ideal life and getting back to them and why they started their business in the first place so that's where i always kind of start right and do you have any specific tools that you use in addition to obviously the challenging questions do you have any techniques that you use that unlock all of this I do. That's such a good question, Graham. So one of the one of the things that I learned actually from an Amazon business case study was about creating a future press release. So whenever I start working with a new client, it's one of the first things that I get them to do. I get them to write a future press release dated 18 months from now. And I get them to go into what they've achieved and accomplished personally and professionally without the tyranny of how, without being stuck in the tyranny of how, I just let them dream. And then my biggest tool is listening. 
you know, when you get that press release back from a client and then you ask questions and you start to dig in the right places, you let their subconscious unfold and get to what they truly want. And yeah, I'd say that is probably one of the biggest tools. Um, but I love frameworks and I love taking things and making them simple. So yeah, I could talk about that for a long time. It's it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of psychology around positive envisaging. If you think something is so, it's much more likely to happen than if you don't. And if you can envisage success, if you can envisage going over the finishing line in a world record time, the chances are you're more likely to do that than if you see all these other people running faster than you. And so it's an interesting perspective and, and certainly writing a future press release or whatever frame you want to use of how I achieve what I really wanted is a great way of unlocking the truth behind what they're really seeking. And when you've unlocked it, what's the reaction from your clients? Do they they feel comfortable? Do they feel frightened? How do they feel? I love that question. So there's two things. The first thing is once we've gotten real clarity around the goals and where they want to go, I love it when I see their reactions and they think, oh, I'm I'm allowed allowed to do that. I have one client. She wants to take Wednesdays off so she can spend Wednesdays with her kids. And we've created the business so that she can do that. And, you know, when she has that realization of, oh, I can do that, I'm this is my business I can design my life the way that I wanted Um, I just love that Um, I have had one very extreme reaction to the press release where we we did the press release and then we we started digging into into it and I and I have a I have a little framework that I that I do and uh, this client got to the end of it and realized that he became a business owner because his family had kind of it was the expectation. He finishes school, goes to university, gets a vocation, starts a business. That was the path that was kind of laid out. And we got to the end of it and he exited his business because he wanted to pursue Broadway. Wow. And that was mega, but it was amazing. Um, not all my clients have that kind of extreme reaction, but you know it's really important. I think we only have this one life, and uh, we have to use it all up. We do. It's an interesting parallel. I had um, a very similar experience with a client. He was completely lost in his career, other than being unhappy with where he was, didn't know where he wanted to go. And uh, we did some psychometric testing and it came up with a long list of proposed professions he could get involved in. And I remember reading it thinking, oh no, 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 I can't show him this. I I dare show him this, but of course you do, don't you? And uh, he picked out radio announcer. I want to be a radio announcer. And like all good coaches, I took it on the chin and said, right, so, okay, so what are you going to do next to be a radio announcer? So he said, well, I know this person and that person, and I know that organization. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out, I'm gonna do this. Right, okay. So when we got together a month later, he said, Yeah, well, I've got my first interview and I'll start work in six weeks' time as a radio announcer. No, as a small local radio. But it's, it's just 
one of these crazy, crazy outcomes that you you can't predict, and it's just yeah, just the way it is. But the but the truth was, I don't like being where I am. I want to be somewhere else. I've you've helped me work out where it is. Just like your guy wanted to go to Broadway. Yeah, <laughs> really quite amazing. So, do you typically work in organisations, or do you work as a one-to-one as a with individuals? What, what's your normal profile? I I typically work with business owners on a one-to-one basis, right. and they are typically small to medium-sized businesses. But um, I do take on three to four projects a year with larger organisations with my business plan activation. A lot of the times big businesses have a business plan, but they don't exactly have the roadmap to get the team and get everybody rowing in the same direction. So, um, I, but those projects are quite intensive. So I only do a couple of those a year. So mainly one-to-one coaching with business owners. Right. And do you find that when you've coached, say, the business owner, they refer you to not only other business owners, but to perhaps other members of their team, senior members of their team, perhaps high flyers, or or does it only really stay with the business owner? No, sometimes when I'm working with a business owner, because sales and marketing is my my background, and I just, I love sales, and I love teaching creative entrepreneurs and creative businesses um, sales process, because often they feel really icky about sales and like they're selling their soul. So a lot of the times if I'm working with a business owner and they have a marketing team, I'll sometimes work with the marketing team on on marketing strategy, sales process, and getting more conversions and referrals from their clients. Uh, so sometimes I do, do work that way as well. Yeah, I, f- I find often I'll start with the, the, the chief exec and then there'll be challenges, issues, opportunities, and they think you could help one of their senior members, one of their support poor act as it were and it and it tends to unfold in a uh, and I really enjoy that because you get to see the organization from lots of different perspectives and you also get to help the the organization on a on a wider platform which means your your impact your cumulative impact is is more and lasting and I enjoy that as well do do you do any work in groups or is it always one-to-one it's mainly one-to-one. I um, I have had a, a couple of group programs and uh, work work in that way. And often it follows very similar, very similar structure, very similar tools and frameworks. But I do find that with the group programs, sometimes I'll offer a little bit more training to get everybody onto the same page with different concepts and frameworks or ideas. So sometimes I'll give them like pre-recorded videos on a strategy. And then in the group format, we then will, you know, hot seat or or discuss that. Um, But at the moment, mainly one-to-one. Right. And when you're dealing with your clients are they are they mainly in portugal they're mainly in the uk whereabouts are they um most of my clients are in america and the uk Uh, so they're pretty split across the the, the do you find there's much of a cultural divide between say the uk and the us or do you find them really much the same i think that if i was to really generalize i do think that uh, american businesses are they're very open to coaching. It's such a normal thing to expect. Whereas many of the times when I work with UK business owners, I'm sometimes the first coach that they've worked with. 
So uh, that that's a slight difference, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was significant. Yeah, I, I definitely concur with that. The clients I've worked with in America, it's it's much more commonplace, a bit like therapy. They're very much more used to it than we are. And yet, in in the UK, it's I think it's becoming more common, but it is less common. And there is more of a uh, therefore a little bit of work to be done around explaining how it's going to work how the program works how it's really driven by them and i'm just a facilitator i don't necessarily come along with a you know a box full of answers i've got i've got some suggestions perhaps if they'll let me but really it's about helping them find their own way when we come back to the what's holding you back question and the self-sabotage and and we've we've mentioned a bit about lack of a roadmap and the, the, the self-sabotage of lack of confidence. So do you find anything else holds your clients back that you see on a more typical, regular basis? I think sometimes you mentioned earlier a list of things like, you know, fear of failure and self-sabotage and all of those kind of things. But I'm very quickly seeing a lot of business owners have a fear of success well it's quite a different dynamic and i'm working with quite a few clients at the moment where we we've dug into what's holding them back we've dug into the reasons because sometimes i think you have to find the root and you have to just pull it right out and the fear of success is coming up in a lot of my conversations and it's quite a different dynamic because, um, you know, I've got quite a few businesses where I've recognized a pattern. They reach a certain milestone, a certain level of revenue, and then all of a sudden something happens and we, you know, something breaks or uh, they do something and it comes back down again. And I think that breaking through that ceiling is sometimes you know, quite difficult because I'm not always coaching businesses that are on the verge of a, a, you know verge of collapse I'm very often coaching businesses who've just reached a plateau and they're stuck yes yeah. it's a slightly different different dynamic and I, I would definitely say that if you are in that position where you've reached a plateau and you're stuck it is definitely time to speak to a coach but if you're in you know if you're in a different space and place where you feel like you're on the brink of collapse and you feel like things are, you know, you're at rock bottom, then it, it's maybe a different kind of support that you need. And yeah, so slightly different. Yeah. The, the plateau piece you see an awful lot because they're they're often I see them working twice as hard as they were previously, just trying to keep the thing rolling. And they can't work out why they can't get more success or they can't get growth or whatever, whatever, whatever the challenge is. But it's a very interesting scenario that because you do see that i've got this far and i can't seem to get any further am i the right person for this should i you know, should i be selling now and should i be getting out it's a really really interesting situation and, and it does become a self-fulfilling prophecy they do end up thinking if if, if they don't get coach intervention that yeah. they've done all that they can do and yet people can grow people do grow and they can grow beyond what they've done before they yeah. just just take you know embrace the opportunities really they can they absolutely can because you know you've you've already got some kind of track record at success so there's an element that you know what to do sometimes what got you to where you are won't be what gets you to the next level and I always say next level new devil because 
at your next level of growth, there'll be something else that comes along and there'll be a different quality of problem. So, you know, having a coach who, who can help you and kind of work with you through those different stages of, of problems, because, um, you know, businesses are like children. And I, I do not like it when people refer to their business as their baby, because it's not. You should be thinking about your business as an investment. But if I may use the analogy very briefly, you know, a, a business grows up through infancy, through the, the toddler stage, teenage years, maturity, and at every life cycle stage of a business, there's different problems and there's different things that you need to address whether it's systems and processes or your, your marketing and pipeline, there's different things that have to be worked on. And so, of course, uh, you know, having someone who can show you or, or, or guide you through those things is going to help you to get off that plateau. Yeah, that's straight yeah. In. yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting perspective. A lot, a lot of clients do seem to run out of steam at certain points, and all you've really got to do is to reinvigorate them rather than allow them to believe that they've self-limited and yeah. there's no reason for them to do that. Sean, it's been great chatting with you, getting another perspective on this coaching life and, and this particular subject of what's holding you back. If our clients want to, our audience want to reach out to you and find you, where, where, where can they do that? How can they do that? Yeah, thank you, Graham. Um, my website is workwithshawn.co.uk, so that's super simple. And uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn and connect with me. I'd love love to have a chat with anyone and answer any questions. And um, yeah, just love talking about business. You give me half a chance, I'll chew your ear off. <laughs> Sean, you're going to get lost. We will give you half a chance, I think, from following this chat. Thanks very much, Sean. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody, for watching, and we'll see you again soon on another edition of The Coaching Conversation. Bye-bye. So, there you have it, the latest edition of The Coaching Conversation. Hope you enjoyed it, hope you found it useful, and I hope it did what it set out to do. As promised at the beginning of the programme, here is a special offer for you, our loyal audience. If you reach out to me at gwileyatsaydream.com, and mention this podcast will make available to you a coaching program for you and all your team at a 50% discount. So where can you reach us? So it's definitely gwiley at sagegreen.com. You can also reach us at the executive mindset at sagegreen.com and our website is clearly the executive mindset.co.uk. If you enjoyed this, do please leave us with a wonderful rating on Google. We'd really appreciate that. So nothing more for me to say now other than see you again soon.